0: From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. There's now only days until the 2022 federal election and the major parties are pulling out the big guns to try and get you to vote for them. But one policy announcement from the weekend is causing a bit of a stir.
1: A re-elected coalition government will allow first-home buyers to invest a responsible portion of their own superannuation savings into their first home.
0: Is dipping into your super a way to finally get into the housing market? Or is this move one that will not only push up house prices even further, but leave many, especially women, worse off in the future? Today we break down the super versus home ownership debate to find out whether accessing our retirement savings is really the way to go. It's pretty common knowledge that Australia is in the midst of a housing crisis. Young Aussies are being told almost daily that their chances of owning their own home is a dream falling further and further from their grasp, with record high house prices, rising inflation and interest rates, and demand for property exceeding supply. Many trying to buy in markets like Sydney and Melbourne face trying to save a deposit of somewhere from 5 to 10% of the purchase price of a home with more than $1 million. They then have to pay for things like lenders' mortgage insurance if they don't have a 20% deposit, stamp duty and conveyancing on top of that, which usually adds up to a further 5% to the cost of buying a home. Auction days have been stacked with investors and those with plenty of access to cash, pushing younger people further and further from where they grew up in order to be able to afford a home. So what is the answer? If you speak to Anthony Albanese's Labor Party, it's about reducing the cost of buying a home by going into partnership with the government. Their help-to-buy scheme will provide an equity lending contribution of as much as 40% of the purchase price of a new home and 30% on an existing property. That means savings of up to $380,000 for new and $285,000 for existing homes, with the purchase price capped at between 400 dollars and $950,000, depending on which state or territory you're buying in. That means you won't have to pay mortgage insurance, but you will have to have at least a 2% deposit and qualify for a standard home loan. You don't have to be a first home buyer, but you do need to be an Australian citizen and you have to live in the home yourself, so it can't be a rental property. You can then buy back the part of your home owned by the government in minimum 5% increments or pay it back in full when you sell. The scheme is expected to help up to 40,000 people buy homes at a cost to the government of $329 million over a four-year period. Then on Sunday, the Liberal National Coalition held their campaign launch in Queensland where they announced their response to the housing crisis.
1: We want to further help Australians get past what is the biggest hurdle on their path to home home ownership. And we started this process with the Home Guarantee Scheme, and that is the difficulty of saving for a deposit and be able to use their own money to do it. And that's why a re-elected coalition government will allow first home buyers to invest a responsible portion of their own superannuation savings into their first home. And whatever amount is invested, will be returned to your super when you sell the home, including the share of the capital gain from the sale of that home. The maximum amount able to be invested under this plan is the lower of 50,000 each individual, or 40% of your total superannuation balance. Superannuation is there to help Australians in their retirement.
0: The response from Australians has been mixed, from those who wished they'd had access to it before they invested. I'm not a first home buyer, But I would have liked it if this would have existed when I was purchasing my house. It would have allowed me to tap into extra money, which would have reduced my mortgage. Also, as my equity in-house goes up and house prices go up, it all contributes towards my retirement anyway. So I would have been able to break into the property market earlier. To those who are worried about the potential loss of retirement income, I feel like it's ill advice and the idea that some people might not know the drastic effect of how much they will lose in the long term really, really scares me. Those who think it's a manageable option for some. I don't hate the idea of tapping into super, especially someone who really is trying to get into the property market a little bit sooner and avoid paying rent. I do think though that if this is something that you're going to access, then you really need to be able to make plans towards your finances and actually put additional super contributions, I think, you know, over time and not just rely on selling the property and putting the super back in. However, the reality of being able to afford a mortgage and the additional super repayments, you know, is quite slim. So you really need to have a look at your finances there and make sure you can, you know, afford to do both to those who are angry at the government for seeming to put their future stability at risk. I just can't get over the fact that in 2015, when Scott Morrison was Treasurer, he said that Australians should not rely on the age pension in the future. It just makes me
2: so mad that he wants to rob young Australians of their super savings just so they can afford a home. It seems like he wants the future older generations, aka the young people now, to suck eggs and rot in their old age. I think that housing should be affordable enough that young people don't have to compromise their futures just for a place to live now.
0: And some who say they have people in their lives who will never own a home if not for a policy like this. I was only thinking this week that our stallman
2: would be so fortunate if he could do exactly that in order to get into the housing market. There's just no other way he'd be able to save for a deposit with two little kids and on a relatively low income. So I honestly can't say anything wrong with this idea. I think it's brilliant.
0: So is accessing your super to get into the housing market a good or bad idea? And what does that mean for the super funds themselves? Matt Linden is deputy CEO of Industry Super Australia and leads their strategic engagement with the federal government. Matt progresses key policy issues from inception to legislative execution across all facets of retirement income policy, including governance, taxation, advice and investment. Matt, what impact will people pulling some of their super have on the housing market and the super funds themselves?
2: Well, there's a couple of ways to look at this. There's the impact of those who are looking to try and buy a house. They're suddenly in a situation where they're at an option or bidding or trying to purchase a home along with other first home buyers who've got access to their money from their super as well. So they're bidding with all more money and bidding against each other. So most economists are very clear on this that it will actually bid up the cost of housing for first home buyers. So it's a bit of a false economy here in terms of making it more affordable for first home buyers that will actually increase prices. We've done a little bit of work on this and the increases are quite significant we're talking about 10 to 15% across capital cities so if just a couple were to withdraw 40,000 which is a lot less than the maximum 100,000 under this policy you know we'd see prices in sydney potentially increasing over $100,000 and tens of thousands of dollars extra across most other major capital cities as well so there's that increase in the cost of housing for first home buyers there's also unfortunately an impact on everyone else as well. And the reason for this is because when this money is being withdrawn from superannuation, the superannuation funds need to have more what's called liquidity, and that's basically cash on hand to meet these withdrawal amounts. That means that they change the way that they invest. So instead of investing for the long term and having a diverse portfolio with a lot of assets geared towards growth. They've got to hold more in cash and other liquid investments and that will reduce investment returns for everyone.
0: Can we talk about what removing $50,000 from your superannuation means for you in the long term? Because it's not just removing $50,000, right? It's all the money you would make on that $50,000 too over time.
2: Yeah, that's right. Look, the rule of thumb and adjusting for inflation, each dollar that you pull out of super early in your life cost you about four to five dollars down the track so you know if, if this money weren't wasn't going back and the government has said a feature of this policy is apparently that when you sell your first home you've got to return the money into your superannuation I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to be policed but if it weren't to go back then you'd expect after adjusting for inflation the impact to be about four or five times that in terms of reduced superannuation savings at retirement. So, you know, that's two hundred dollars to $250,000 less.
0: The Prime Minister says you won't be worse off and you have mentioned that that money does have to go back into your super because you have the house as an asset. Do you see that as actually balancing out long-term?
2: The problem here is unfortunately the policy here is kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. So having people access and drain their superannuation savings, particularly early in their working life in order to try and get into the housing market. And as I said before, it's likely to push up housing prices in any case. But there is this issue with in terms of these longer term trade-offs. And we know housing is actually really important for people over the long run, but people really shouldn't have to choose between the two things, a decent retirement, having enough money in retirement and housing. And there's a whole range of other things which government should be looking at to try and Improve housing affordability.
0: Now, there's a lot of discussion about women and superannuation at this point. So, we know that women in general retire with somewhere around 40% less superannuation than men do here in Australia. If they were to take $50,000 out to buy a house, which then potentially that money can't go back because we don't know that person, I don't know, might get a divorce and might have to split the funds of a home, etc. Is this are more looming crises for women in Australia who might end up retiring with a lot, lot less?
2: Well, we already know that there are differences in the superannuation balances of men and women. And in that kind of first home by age cohort between 30 and 40, for instance, we can see significant differences in balances. Women have around a third less, so around the average balance for women in that you know age 35 is around $70,000, but for men is uh, around $90,000. So this could exacerbate home ownership between males and females, given there's greater capacity for males, given their high super balances, to make use of more of their superannuation savings. So that'd be something that should be a bit of a concern in terms of how this might work. And there are, of course, all sorts of uncertainties as to what might happen down the track if relationships break down and all that sort of thing. There were certainly some reports during the early release scheme for COVID where pressure was being put on women who are in relationships to withdraw their money from superannuation. That obviously isn't a good thing at all. We'd hate to see a scheme like this exacerbate that sort of situation, which could undermine the long-term financial security of women.
0: What about the other super-based policy that the coalition has announced recently that impacts older Australians? So if they want to sell their family home and downsize, they can put up to $300,000 of that money from the sale into their super account. How do you feel about that?
2: There's an existing policy which enables this already. Only those aged over 60 can use it. And the announcement over the weekend was re- reduce the age limit to access at uh, age 55. I think we need to understand superannuation is a concessionally tax savings vehicle. There are concerns that superannuation used for estate planning for those which have got you know, a lot more superannuation than they perhaps need. This at the margins might free up some additional housing, but you know there is a possibility that this is just used by those who've got significant housing wealth to plough more money into superannuation when they really don't need it.
0: Matt, do you think there is ever a solution to the housing crisis that includes accessing your super?
2: The short answer is no. Superannuation was designed and always set up to be for retirement incomes. Certainly in the Australian context, that's the case. We know that contribution rates that we've got, we've got super going, it's currently 10%, but we'll be going to 12% over the next few years. That's really only sufficient to get a reasonable standard of living in retirement. Overseas, there are schemes which enable people to tap their super or their retirement savings for home purchases, but often they have much, much higher contribution rates above 20% of earnings in any given year. So the schemes are designed differently. And in a place like New Zealand, for instance, where people can access super for housing, we've seen very significant increases in house prices in New Zealand. And also too, we can see in their superannuation returns from their what's called their KiwiSaver scheme, they're earning around 3% per annum less than good quality funds here in Australia. So we can see there's a bit of a case study of where this occurs overseas in terms of what longer-term impact it has on the investment returns that the system's able to generate. And that's the secret of the system, being able to preserve and set that money aside over time and for those compound returns really to ramp up that magic of compound interest to make sure that these Contributions during someone's working life actually turn into a really decent amount of savings to help people through retirement and have a good standard of living.
0: Superannuation Minister Jane Hume was on the ABC's Radio National Program yesterday morning confirming that the move would increase housing costs
2: temporarily. We know that people will probably bring forward some of their decisions to buy a house earlier, but and for that it? reason, and for that reason, it will probably push housing prices up temporarily. But the long term, do you know effects, how much? There are so many factors that play into the housing market. PK
0: Minister Hume wouldn't confirm whether the coalition had carried out modelling to measure the possible impact on house prices. The Prime Minister was on the same show just minutes later, saying the downsizing policy would balance this out over time as more houses come on the market. But he wouldn't commit to saying the scheme would push up house prices. Whether the government is returned to Canberra is the first hurdle this policy will face. And that's your decision to make on Saturday when we head to the polls. Whether you end up pulling money from your super to enter the housing market is also your choice just make sure you go into it with all the knowledge on what that might mean in 30, 40, 50 years' time. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Brown. And if there's a new story you want us to look at for you in a bit more depth, there's a heap of ways you can get your story idea to us. You can email us, thequickie at mamamia.com.au, DM us on Instagram, on Facebook or on Twitter. Or of course, you can find us on Mamma Mia Podcasts on TikTok. This podcast was made by Mamma Mia, the only women's media company in Australia. If you love the show, the best thing you can do is become a Mamma Mia subscriber. Mamma Mia subscribers get access to every podcast, exclusive videos and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. It only costs $5.75 a month, which is less than a large coffee or a small coffee if you get oat milk. If you believe in women's media, if you believe in a purpose-driven media company like Mamma Mia, whose core purpose is to make the world a better place for women
2: and girls, please see the link in our show notes.